Alright, let me let me start this by saying I apologize. I am a day late in uploading this uh, because I, I don't know if you if y'all follow my Instagram, you know I've been busy all week with a plumbing situation in my house. Uh, and not so much that like the plumbing hasn't worked and I've just been dealing with plumbers for three straight days and it's just been an absolute hassle. So I blame them. But uh, uh, yeah, here you go. Here's your episode. Uh, I missed you all. I feel like it's been forever since I did this. So thank you for listening as always. So I don't know about y'all, but this uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, it, number one, it's fascinating. It's it's unfortunate. It's to the point that I talked to my parents about it. If you know anything about my parents, you know they're just two very wholesome Midwest people who don't hear anything outside of the town they live in, and even they are talking about it. We have just been saturated with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp uh, for what feels like at least four years, but it's, I don't know, it's been like a month or something at this point. I am very much over it. Uh, two psychopaths who clearly, you know, deserve each other. And we'll probably end up back together because that's just how life is. But it did, the 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 trial, it reminded me of a story that happened to me. And a lot of you know this story. But a lot of new listeners who didn't carry over from the old show may not know it. And that story is dealing with fecal matter. Now, I, um, like I said, I told this story before. Um so if you know it, I'm sorry, but this is what happens when you have a podcast with no uh, with no content planned. You just kind of rehash old stuff. Um, but maybe I'll make it better this time. So I bring up the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial because the big thing was like, oh, she pooped in his bed, right? Allegedly, of course. No one knows what actually happened. Um, but having somebody defecate in a place where you want to be comfortable uh, is something I can empathize with. Because one time, when I was stationed at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, a girl pooped in the passenger seat of my car. So here's that story. Much like uh, other people who, when they first joined, I joined and I was uh, E1, and I was an E2 by the time I hit the fleet. Uh, So pretty much what that means is I was broke. I had no money. Um, So me and my friend Ivor, who lived in the barracks room below me, uh, he worked in the S1, the battalion I was in, and me and him were just the best of friends. And we used to do this thing because we were both, you know, broke, younger, enlisted. We used to do this thing called Sulking Saturday. Now, Sulking Saturday was a ritual that the battalion knew about because we were, uh, we were just those dudes people knew about because we we're usually loud, obnoxious. But anyway, um, so we'd sit on the second deck of the barracks room and we would sit in lawn chairs and we would drink forties <laughs> because they were cheap. And then we would sulk because it's Saturday and we're broke and we have no money. And uh, so we, it was just sulking Saturdays, essentially just meaning we would sit in lawn chairs, drink malt liquor, and then go into the room and play video games. So it's actually very enjoyable. I highly recommend it. But <clears throat> one day, oh, one Saturday, I should say, we, we are in the middle of our sulking Saturday. And one of the MPs, military police, uh, field type, she was in the our battalion also, she came up. She said, hey, guys, what are you doing? He said, we are clearly in the middle of Sulking Saturday. Like, do you not get the memo? This is what we do. She goes, oh, okay, well, I really want to go out, and no one wants to go out. And we're like, yeah, that sucks. Uh, we know that feeling. And uh, she goes, well, you know, I just, you know, it's Saturday night. I just want to blow off some steam, go dancing. We're like, bye. You know what I mean? Like, enjoy. Like, we didn't dislike this person, but it's like, we have tradition. We are doing traditional things. And she goes, well, if you guys come out, I will find us a DD, and I will buy you a handle of alcohol, and I'll pay for your drinks all night. So me and Ivor, we sidebarred, uh, legal term, 
and we decided, you know what? Let's go out. It's a free night. We all high-fived. We put on our <laughs> best wrinkled dress shirts, and we got in the car. Now, the car we got into was actually my car. I decided we could use my vehicle. I'm not driving because I will be drinking, um, but we drove my black Chevy Cavalier, which I don't think they make Cavaliers anymore, but if you don't know what it looks like, think of a, if you asked a toddler to draw a picture of a car, that's what a Cavalier looked like. It was just the most car-y car you could ever imagine. It was a black Chevy Cavalier. So it just looked, it fit the profile of a car. That's what it looked like. So we have myself and Ivor in the back seat. We have uh, our friend. I'm not going to say her name this whole story um, <laughs> because she's a real person and this really happened. Um, and she, the uh, female MP is sitting in the passenger seat. And to drive on this glorious adventure, we got one of our corpsmen. Um, and you would think, oh, you know, why doesn't he want to drink? Because luckily... This was a Mormon corpsman. Yes, this is someone who did not drink, and he was always willing to help because that's what Mormons do. I don't know if you ever hung out with Mormons. They are really fun people. Highly recommend, 10 out of 10. So this squad on this random Saturday night uh, was Mormon corpsman. We had <laughs> female MP. Then you had me and Ivor in the back seat. So just an absolute ragtag of people. So the first thing we do is when we're pulling off the base, Camp Lejeune, um, there's that 24-hour store that you, I don't know, I haven't been there in years, so it may not be there, but there's a 24-hour store there, and so she, we parked there, she got out of the car, she came back, and she had a handle of Captain Morgan, and just handed it to me and Ivor in the back seat, and she goes, hey, this is your guys's, you know, all night, thanks for doing this, like, you know what, <laughs> say less, this might actually be a good night. So we pop the, you know, the cap off and me and Ivor are, are taking swigs out of a Captain Morgan bottle. Uh, Mormon Corman is driving, just cheesing the whole time, just happy to be a part of something. And we are on our way to a club outside the gates of Camp Lejeune, Jacksonville, North Carolina. Now, for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of the club. Ah, oh, fuck. Anybody who's in Jacksonville, especially back in this time frame, knows which one I'm talking about. It's like a hip-hop dance club. And it's across the street from Tar Heels, which is like a country bar. Um, fuck, I cannot remember. I, I know for story's sake, I should have done research, but I can't remember the name of this fucking club. But, I mean, if you've been to a military town, um, you know what those kind of clubs are. Especially the ones that are like, you know, 10 minutes out of the front gate. They're just terrible. It's all trash. Everything's trash. So we get there. And um, Mormon Corman goes, he, he goes, well, you know, I actually just got a text. Some of my, my buddies are at Tar Heels. So if you guys don't mind, I'm going to go hang out with them. And then when you, you know, when you, when it's time to go, just shoot me a text or whatever. I'm like, cool. And so he goes to Tar Heels, which I have to say that way because it's Jacksonville. And uh, we go into this club. And me and Ivor, we, got, we walk up to the bar with uh, female MP. And she goes, yeah, whatever you guys want, uh, just put it on my card. So we're like, I mean, she's holding up her end of the bargain. You know what I mean? Like, in no way are we going to, like, put this woman in the poorhouse from our drinking but we're also you know what she's she, she's a team player so this tonight might actually be fun so hope to, uh, <laughs> hopeful optimism creeps in and so me and Ivor we get whatever nonsense I was drinking at the time probably you know vodka Red Bull or whatever um we get our little mixed drinks and she goes I'm gonna be on the dance floor and we're like we are not so you have fun so we Ivor actually smoked cigarettes so we went out to the back pedo area where everybody was smoking he was smoking uh, I was getting you know second degree cancer from everybody smoking we're, we're talking we're having a good time we finish our first drinks and again we're like tonight might actually be fun it's a good thing we got out of the barracks and so we go back to the bar to get our second drinks and we are stopped by a bouncer 
And we are like, to what do we owe this stuff, Mr. Bouncer? And he goes, uh, did you guys come with the girl in the black dress? We're like, we did. She is our best friend. And what, how can we help you? <laughs> and, and, um, He's like, well, she's way too drunk and we got to go. We're like, well, you're clearly thinking of another girl in another black dress who is not our best friend because we just got here and we there's no way she's drunk enough to warrant getting kicked out already. You know, not to say that that's not the goal by the end of the night, but right now it's simply too early, Mr. Bouncer, who were in the... You know what's funny? I remember this bouncer because he wasn't like a big guy. He was kind of stocky. He, I mean, he was a few inches taller than me, so he's still short. And uh, he wore MMA gloves. He had like like fingerless like UFC MMA gloves. And I just uh, to me that was like the funniest part of this whole story is the bouncer thought he was in gonna be in such a ruckus at <laughs> you know that he would need to fucking I need to spare these these wrists uh, you know and these knuckles because I'm gonna be beating some motherfuckers up. Which you know honestly in Jacksonville uh, outside of Camp Lejeune probably happened more than I realized, but it's still a funny visual. So we follow, you know, the unsigned UFC fighter uh, into the bar. And there, and you know what? To his credit, right girl in the black dress. There's our homie sitting there bar side, uh, like face down, like on the bar. And we're like, shit. And we go over and we're like, you okay? And she's like, uh. And she's just very, very drunk. And we're like, oh, okay, well. So obviously, you know, everybody listening, you're probably like, she probably got roofied. We, that's what we think happened. We think she got roofied or something because there's just no way she fucking went from zero to a thousand like that. So. Obviously, night's over. Uh, back to sulking Saturdays. Get her to you know a hospital or something. You know we gotta get we gotta leave. So um, it's time to go. So we uh, buddy drag our, our friend down to there. Uh, she ended up not paying her bill, and they probably charged her like fifty percent gratuity, which ugh, what a crime. But uh, we leave. Uh, we put her in the car in the passenger seat, and I'm texting Mormon Corman, and he's like, not responding, not responding, so I'm calling him, not responding, I'm kind of like, oh shit, like he's, you know, he either doesn't have signal, or, you know, he got caught up with his buddies, because again, we just got there, so I'm pretty sure he's like, why is he calling me already, you know what I mean? Um, so we sit there for a little bit, and then he's like, uh, or uh, Ivor's like, well, maybe I can drive, I was like, no, I mean, we can't leave Doc behind, you know what I mean? So we're just kind of discussing our, our game plan to get out of there, and then finally he calls me back, I'm like, hey, Mormon Corman, it's time to fucking, you know giddy up we gotta get out of here and he's like oh no sorry bro i and i kid you not this man said to me i've already done a few shots so i probably shouldn't drive right now ladies and gentlemen not only did our dd bail on us to drink he is a mormon and traditionally <laughs> I, they don't drink and he was known to not drink which is why he was hired for his skill sets for this particular mission this evening he was supposed to be the driver because of his affinity for not drinking due to his Mormon religion. Now, I didn't talk to him much after this night, not because of what's going on right now, but because we just, we never really saw each other in battalion and then he left. But uh, I would like to know more about his, uh, his alliance to the Mormon religion and that he left us behind to drink. Anyway, not the point. So now we're kind of like, okay, we're without a DD. Now, luckily for us, we haven't been drinking a lot, but it is nighttime on a, on a Saturday. If you're trying to get back onto any military installation, once that sun goes down on a weekend, every single gate guard is like, how drunk are you? Why are you drunk? You're going to jail. Especially Camp Lejeune in that time frame when the wars were going on, when everybody was getting DUIs. It wasn't a good look. And plus we had someone who was legitimately like passed out almost. So we're like, all right, um, 
we gotta we gotta find a place to sober up and kill some time. Now I know what you're thinking. What about the woman? Is she okay? At this point, she was pretty. She wasn't unconscious, but she was like she was just. She had all the signs of somebody who who had just been drinking, you know, for hours and hours and hours. She was fucked up, but she wasn't like passed out. She was still coherent. She was talking, but she was slurring, and she was like ugh, like you know, doing the newborn head bobble. She just uh, she was just super fucked up. So uh, we didn't really think to be like let's get her to a hospital or something like that. We we're just like uh, you know let's let's sober up together. Um, maybe she'll come to after a while. So we decide to go to the place that all people go to sober up and think about their life decisions on a Saturday night, Taco Bell. So we go to Taco Bell. We go in the drive-through, and even on the drive there, I'm driving at this point. Uh, she's like kind of coming to. She was like singing. I remember she was like singing along with the radio a little bit. Like she's kind of like she's you know snapping out of it a little bit. So like cool. And uh, we get in the drive-through. We're about three cars back. And she's like, oh, I feel like I'm going to throw up. I was like, do not throw up in this Chevy Cavalier, all right? This thing looks like vomit on wheels already. I don't need vomit inside. Um, so please, if you could exit the vehicle while we're in this uh, drive through line and go vomit, uh, that'd be great. So she gets out and she goes to the parking lot uh, next door to the Taco Bell, which was like a like an auto parts kind of store or whatever. And um, she, you know, like a lady, goes into the bushes and, she's, and she vomits. And we're like, cool, maybe she's getting out of her system, whatever was in there. And hopefully she feels better. And then uh, she vomits again. Oh, you know, somebody <laughs> somebody ate a lot, you know. And uh, so at this point, we are at the window, uh, or the uh, menu, rather, like the box. And I, I put our order in, and uh, I was in the back seat, and he's kind of watching our, our homie, you know, vomit. And at after I order, we're, like, you know, about to pay and stuff. And I was like, hey, man, could you go get her? Because, like, I don't want to, like leave her here obviously I don't want to leave her here and then like I just I don't want to lose her you know he's like okay and so he kind of leaves the car goes and uh kind of takes her and doesn't really drag her away from what she's doing because he doesn't want to get vomited on pretty much he's kind of like guides her to back into my eyesight at at the parking lot that's uh, directly to my right when we get to the window and so I so I can see them so I know where to pick them up or you know I I just eyes on the prize right so I'm, I'm grabbing our food and, uh, the woman in the window was like, she okay? And I was like, yeah, she's just, you know, she's, she's drunk. And she's like, oh, okay. And I was like, can I actually get some extra napkins? And, uh, she's like, yeah, no problem. And, uh, you know, just in case, uh, in case I spill my burrito or whatever. And, uh, so she's like getting extra napkins and I, uh, <laughs> Ivor comes running back up and he's like, Hey bro. He's like, I, I don't, she's like, she, I don't know. She's not looking very great. And she keeps vomiting. I was like, well, okay. Now, you know, it's probably more serious. And then I was like, well, go get her. And then uh, we'll just, we'll take a look at her when she gets in here. Cause like, obviously this isn't good, right? So he goes back out to the uh, <clears throat> the other parking lot and he goes to kind of pick her up and like bring her in my direction. And then she like falls to all fours. And I was like, oh my God, like fuck. And so she vomits one more time. And then I hear Ivor let out a, uh, it wasn't so much a shriek as much as just like, a scream it it was it wasn't very manly and Ivor if you're listening like to this day it's uh, very upsetting the noise you made but he lets out a, a shriek slash scream slash noise uh, very unbecoming of a man and I was like what the fuck and he goes bro and it's just like the distance he's like she's shitting and I was like okay like again my brain not comprehending what he's saying 
And he goes, she's shitting. And then kind of in the darkness, because uh, it was dark, but it wasn't like pitch black or anything. Uh, she kind of crawls sideways and then I see her silhouette and she is on all fours. And then like literally I can see both ends. It's almost like projectile, like in the, in her silhouette in the night, you just see projectiles from both ends. Like this woman is vomiting and, uh, and shitting. I mean, it is violent. And I am like, what is happening? By this point, the Taco Bell employee, who is super nice with the extra napkins, is like, what is going on? And I was like, I don't know. Our friend is sick. She's like, I'm calling the police. And I was like, fuck. So if you're ever a young military member and you hear and you're outside the confinements of your military installation and somebody mentions the police you just know you're going to get fucked please please typically especially military towns don't like military so i was like this is yeah this is a nightmare for this guy so i was like hey man grab her put her in this car we're leaving this woman's about to call the police and uh so ivor kind of shovels her and then again i it was kind of weird because at this point she's almost like coherent because she's like, Ugh, I feel sick. Like she's speaking in complete sentences and I think she got out, you know, whatever was in there. And, uh, so I, 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 in my mind, she's not like terribly like, you know, in trouble or anything. She's clearly sick from something. And so, uh, she's like, Ugh, and she comes back and she, <sighs> Ivor gets in the back seat. She opens the passenger door. She sits down. And I mean, she smells like vomit already. And, but she was wearing like a little black dress with no underwear. Uh, I'd come to find out right at that moment. And she sits down and a squish sound in my cloth seats of my Chevy Cavalier. Now, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> I know this is graphic. And if you're still with me, I appreciate you. But you do not understand the smell of fresh, warm, ready-to-go Taco Bell and fresh, brainly produced vomit and diarrhea all at once hitting you. Not to be mentioned, mixed with the Jacksonville, North Carolina air. It was a cocktail that would kill a lesser man. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm in shock. I feel sick. <laughs> it stinks like nothing you can imagine. I, yeah. The, so my real reaction, they talk about fight or flight, right? What are you going to do when the situation gets hairy? My fight or flight response to that was when she plopped down, I just threw those brown uh, Taco Bell napkins at her. Like, ugh. Like very girly throw, like a chest pass. Like, ugh. And um, she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she starts like wiping her legs that are covered and everything and her shoulders that are covered in everything. So she starts, like, just wiping down her entire body with these brown napkins from Taco Bell. Luckily, it's Taco Bell. It's these pretty heavy-duty napkins, but she's probably drawing blood, too, because they're heavy-duty napkins. But um, <clears throat> So, yeah, so we leave. Uh, me and Ivor are just about to vomit. Uh, she is just covered in everything. And so um, now we're in pure panic mode. We can't go back to the barracks, right? You try getting through that. First off, you try getting through a military gate, you know, on a weekend night without being hassled for not having a drunken girl covered in vomit and diarrhea in your passenger seat, let alone having one. Oh, excuse me. So, <laughs> ooh, I, thought, I bet that was good to hear. My lips smacking. Um, <laughs> so, we 
yeah, we don't know what to do. Um, we're kind of panicking. And Ivor comes up with an idea and says, hey, I know this buddy from Motor T. Motor T being the uh, transportation section of whatever, oh God, I'm so sorry, whatever unit you're in. Uh, they kind of, they drive the trucks. They plan the, the, the routes and stuff. Well, they don't really plan. They drive the trucks. Um, so Motor T is usually kind of uh, predominantly white hillbilly-ish men. Um, and I hate to stereotype jobs, but it's, it is what it is. So um, he's like, I got a buddy from Motor T. And he mentioned this guy's name. And I hated this fucking guy, too. It wasn't even like one of the cool Motor T operators. This guy fucking sucked, and I hated him. Um, and he's like, yeah, he lives in a trailer outside a base. And I was like, fucking go figure, number one. Uh, and then number two, he's like, he said him and his wife, shocking he's married, him and his wife would take, you know, so-and-so in, this woman in, and uh, that way we can get back on base tonight. We're like, cool. So we drive to the trailer park, one of the many <laughs> in Jacksonville, North Carolina. And uh, we get there, we pull up, and there's a bonfire going on and it's some of the motor team marines majority of them i liked majority of them liked me and uh the owner the proprietor of this fine trailer that we are dropping our friend off in and and for the record i mean this is we're all in the same battalion everybody knew each other we weren't dropping this woman off with a stranger so you know warm and fuzzy there but uh emerging from the other side of the bonfire was the proprietor the owner of this trailer and he's like hey rp because the rp everybody calls me rp rp and i was like hey motherfucker like hey, we don't really like each other but we're being nice and uh he's like yeah uh, my wife she made up the guest bed and she told me what's going on and stuff and i was like okay and he's like yeah we're just over here smoking spice <laughs> so i don't know how many uh drug users we have listening uh, i assume most of you um but <laughs> So Spice, if you don't recall, was kind of like uh, before uh, some of the alternatives to weed um, that we have nowadays. Like back in my day, they had this thing that was called Spice. It was supposed to be for like people who can't smoke weed because, you know, you get drug tested and stuff. It's supposed to get you high. Now, uh, Spice was like fucking killing people and like military people that did it were usually out of their fucking minds. And it was, like, speed, which is crazy. It's the opposite effect of fucking uh, weed. And I don't know. It's, it was just truly, like, not. I'm not saying if you tried it, you were a dirtbag. But, like, people who made an evening of smoking spice back in that day were probably not, you know, A1 winners. So now I'm dealing with a bunch of Marines high on spice sitting around a campfire in a trailer park. And I was like, oh, my God, this, for this night has just become a nightmare. This is why you don't leave your house on sulking Saturdays and probably why I don't leave my house now in real life in the current day. But, uh, yeah, so we were like, okay, uh, cool, man. We're going to drop her off with you because I, we, got, we can't get through the gate like this. So um, we we're like, hey, you know, so-and-so, uh, you're staying here tonight. She's like, it's cool. It's whatever. And she's like, sorry about your seat. So, yeah, it's cool. And uh, she stands up. It's the first time. She has stood up since plopping down there, and it is a murder scene on my cloth seats. I mean, just just smears and chunks, and it is horrendous. So I'm off. I I see that I see the mess that's left behind, and I just become enraged. I'm like, get me out of here! And then all the guys are like, oh my god, like it's even worse than we thought. And they're like, hose her off. So <laughs> that's how we left, like <laughs> just a bunch of hillbilly marines. Saying, like, hose her off and put her in bed. 
Uh, so if you, so yeah, I, I try to leave that as quick as possible. That whole such a situation, like she's she's safe. She's amongst friends and a woman and a wife, and you know what I mean. So I want to get as far away from that situation as possible. Um, <laughs> so me and Ivor go back to the gate, right? It's about a fifteen minute drive back, and it is silent. We are not bumping music. We are not talking. We are just in shock. Uh, we are very upset. Sulking Saturday has been ruined. And we're I mean, so much so much happened so much had happened in this few hour span that we just we couldn't comprehend it all so we get to the gate um pull up give my id ivor gives his id he's like why is he sitting in the back and in my mind I'm like here we go because ivor's obviously in the back seat i was like i uh, i don't know man he just likes the back seat and he's like no nah. he's like no why is he sitting in the back seat and i was like i don't is it illegal you know what i mean like what what rules are we? he's wearing a seat belt like he's not fucking and holding a bazooka, he's just sitting in the back seat. So I just think it's kind of strange. And then literally, if you know me uh, decently, you know I really don't fly off the. Well, that's not true. I get angry pretty easily, but um, I usually I, I usually am a calm, put together person for the most part, considering I feel. Um, but for some reason, with us like two sentences in of this conversation, I was just like, "Bro, there is fucking shit and vomit on my fucking passenger seat," and I just explode. And to this corporal's, you know, uh, confusion, he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> because I just said a sentence that didn't comprehend with him. His brain was clearly trying to uh, piece it together. I was like, bro, look. So he signs a little flashlight in there, and he sees all the shit and the vomit and stuff. And he's like, what the fuck? And I was like, yeah, man. And he's like, what happened? I was like, this girl got really drunk. She vomited. Shit. It's in my seat. It stinks. I want to go home. Please let me in the gate. And he's like, hold up, hold up. He's like, hold traffic. And he has his little fucking MP buddies from the other fucking gates come over. And they're all fucking like, oh, looking at it. And they're flipping it. This is back in the days of Nokia, like the flip phones. They're all taking pictures somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> Someone somewhere, rather, has pictures on their Nokia. Uh, of a, um, yeah, a shit-covered Chevy Cavalier passenger seat. And uh, they're just like, oh, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. And I'm just like red-faced, like furious. I'm like, just let me go back to my room, man. Like, get me the fuck out of here. <clears throat> and uh they're like like oh bro was she hot did you get head you know all this insane things marines think about in times like this and so obviously i'm like no none of, I, I, no we did clear we did, i didn't get any action this isn't a cool story i'm embarrassed i'm fucking angry let me back on base and so they finally give us back our ids and I'm like all right go ahead once they get all their pictures and jokes out and so we drive back uh i park in the parking lot obviously I live on the second deck. Ivor lives on the first deck. He's like, hey, man, you can just have the Taco Bell. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks. Get back to my room. Taco Bell's cold. Don't even eat it. Don't want it. I'm just laying there fuming. Um, the next morning, I wake up, and uh, I text her, old girl. I was like, hey, you alive? She just texts text back, I'm alive, which is fine with me at this point. And then I was going to go to the gym on Sunday and uh, walk to my car and I was like oh yeah there's shit and vomit all in my car so I was like no fuck that so I just I didn't go to the gym uh I missed my gains that day because of her so I'm just like waiting for her to come back to the barracks so we can discuss how we're gonna move forward with cleaning this car and our friendship kind of after this and uh all Sunday I don't hear from her I get nothing it's radio silence and so that makes me like obviously angrier at her this whole situation and uh, nothing Sunday. Monday rolls around. I got to go to work, right? And I go out to my car. Again, forgetting, honestly, because I'm a fucking idiot. And uh, 
it is that it's, I mean, it's summer in North Carolina. The humidity is just out of this world and it's just baking this stuff into my cloth seats of my passenger, (laughs) uh, my passenger side of my car. And it is just a mess. And I'm like, I can't, I can't ever drive this car again. I have to blow it up. I have to dermo this car. And, uh, yeah, I'll never see my sweet Chevy Cavalier again. So I walked to work on Monday. Luckily, the headquarters building where I worked was like a few blocks away, so it wasn't terribly painful. But then I get back from work that night, and I was doing my laundry, and I found her in the laundry room. She'd been dodging my texts and calls all fucking day. And so I corner her in the laundry room, like, ah, gotcha. And she's like, <laughs> her her default was like, oh, can we talk? Like she'd been trying to get a hold of me, you know, that shit. I was like, yeah, please, let's. And uh, she goes, what I was going to do is wait till payday. And I was going to, you know, take your car to get detailed inside and out. And I was like, wow, what a fucking, what a gal, right? What a fucking nice uh, offer that is. I was like, number one, no, thank you. It's very nice. But number two, go clean my fucking car. You know what I mean? Like, just, I don't care. I don't need the rims shined. I just need the poop out of it. You know what I mean? So she, uh, that next day, Tuesday, I had to walk to work in the morning again. But then that next uh, evening, she was scrubbing it, you know, in the parking lot and stuff. So that was it. She scrubbed it up, we dapped up, never to speak of it again, right? Except for the podcast, I go on and tell the story. Um, <clears throat> so then I get into my car to test it, and it's just still, you can, it just lingers. The smell had, had baked in. It is part of the car at that point. Uh, it, it, it just, it was unserviceable. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So what ended up happening was, <laughs> well, it's like a month out from deployment, and there was a thing at the time where if you, donate your car to like this charity organization that like helps underprivileged families like get affordable cars and stuff. They would pay you like the Kelly blue brick, uh, blue book value of it. And you can get that like redeemed on your taxes, like a charitable donation. So I gave my, (laughs) my poop car to charity and I got a, got a nice little check from it uh, because of taxes, because I give, I give back. You know what I mean? I'm a giver. (coughs) So, All that to say, uh, when Johnny Depp sits on the uh, the stand in front of the millions and millions of people watching, and he goes, yeah, this girl laid a grumpy in my bed. I feel you, Johnny. I feel you. Okay, moving on. So I thought, uh, since I live in Texas now, in sticking with this law theme of this episode, speaking of courts and poops, uh, somebody sent me this on uh, Twitter a few days ago, and I didn't think anything of it, but it might actually be something to good blind re- uh, live react to. The 10 weird laws in Texas you didn't know existed. All right. Let's just do any content. Let's just fucking read this list. All right. Number one, it is illegal to sell one's eyes in other organs too. According to the Texas Penal Code, Section 48.02, it's illegal to sell human organs. Selling and purchasing human eyes, heart, kidneys, pancreas, liver, lungs, skin, and other organs or tissues can land a Texan in jail for up to a year and or fines up to $4,000. However, one can sell their blood and hair legally in the state. I don't, I mean, who gives, <laughs> it's a dumb fucking law. Just sell whatever you want. Who gives a fuck? Number two. It is illegal to commit a crime without giving 24-hour notice. <laughs> okay. An anti-crime law in Texas requires criminals to have an oral 
or written 24-hour advance notice to their victims before committing crimes. The law also needs criminals to mention the nature of their crimes to be executed. See, that sounds made up. You're telling me you have to... It's illegal to commit a crime without saying you're going to commit the crime first? Does that, like, add on to your sentence? Like, yeah, you you robbed that liquor store, but you didn't warn us you were going to rob that liquor store, so double fucking life sentence for you. I don't know. They'd probably give him the chair. It's fucking Texas. It is illegal to milk another person's cow. Oof. Once upon a time, it was illegal to milk someone else's cow in Texas. Texas Penal Code stated a fine of no more than $10 if found guilty of milking a stranger's cow, which is a hilarious term. Uh, The law was removed in 1973. However, such an act is still considered illegal, and the guilty can face face theft of personal property charges. Um, I I mean, sure, that's kind of just a goofy fucking thing. I just think the takeaway from this is... Uh, milking a stranger's cow sounds like the dirtiest thing I've ever heard in my life, and I will incorporate it into sentences from now on. <clears throat> Number four, is it legal to be in possession of the Encyclopedia Britannica collection? That's right. Texas once banned the ence- entire cy- encyclopedia because one volume contained a recipe on how to brew beer at home. Possession of the book could lead you <laughs> could lead you to even jail or fines, according to the law. One can homebrew no more than 200 gallons of alcoholic beverage per year. No license is required if the brewer complies with all the rules mentioned in the statutes section. That's actually interesting. Plus, I almost couldn't say Britannica. Britannica? Encyclopedia Britannica. Number five. It is illegal to walk around barefoot. Certain cities in Texas don't allow walking around barefoot unless you have a permit. To maintain sanitation and the appearance of cities, one needs to purchase a $5 permit before going barefoot. I've been to Austin, and that's just fucking not true. Between the homeless and the fucking hipsters walking around barefoot, that is an absolute lie. And none of them have a permit, I guarantee it. Number six. It is illegal to drink more than three sips of beer while standing. That's fucking st- No, I mean, now we're just getting ridiculous. Whoever made this list is an absolute loon. In Forest, Texas, it is illegal to have more than three sips of beer while standing. However, the reason for enforcing such a law is not clear and looks like the law existed till the last century has disappeared ever since. Well, fucking no shit. And then it says, bring on those Texas gulps if you prefer to stand. <laughs> Shut up, Texas, fucking idiots. Oh, I'm getting so heated. <laughs> <clears throat> Number seven, it is illegal to carry wire cutters in your pocket. In Austin, the fucking wildest city ever, it was illegal to carry wire cutters in your pocket. This law was enforced due to disputes between landowners who preferred open range and those who chose to enclose their land behind barbed wire. Open rangers have been known to cut the barbed wire fences of others and then milk their fucking cows. <laughs> a Texas legislator updated the penal code in 1973, removed the law from the books. It is now legal to carry wire cutters in your pocket on your own property. Well, thank God. In a, in a state like Texas, where the laws make so much sense and are fair for everybody, um, it's good to see that the uh, wire-cutting uh, issue was dealt with in 1973. Number eight. It is illegal to feather dust in public buildings. Well, that sounds... <laughs> what the fuck? In Clarendon, Texas, it is illegal to feather dust any public building. Although it is unclear if the feather duster is illegal or just the act of dusting. I I don't even have a joke for that. That's just stupid. You can't feather dust. 
It's fucking, there's Big Swiffer again, taking over the dusting corporations, as always. Number nine. It is illegal to buy cheese on Sunday. What? In Houston, city I preside in, it's illegal to buy or sell Limburger cheese on Sunday. What? <laughs> I just, that's just not true. Fucking, I see, I, oh my God, I fucking... I mean, cheese on a Sunday. What I, whatever. I, I'm this list pissed me off. Number ten is illegal to eat trash, and yet Whataburger exists. <laughs> oh my God! Ended on a great joke there. This one takes the cake. In Texas, you cannot eat your neighbor's garbage without their permission. Failing to abide by this law can land you in jail for trespassing or property theft. The law is enforced primarily to control unauthorized <laughs> use of litter in the state. So it is illegal. To eat your neighbor's trash without permission, um, even if they are offering to milk your neighbor's cow. All right, that's enough of that. This is a ridiculous list. Texas is a ridiculous state. And, uh, yeah, the, the laws, I don't know if, you know, a lot of you keep up with uh, politics or not, but uh, the whole abortion thing here in Texas, and now it looks like it's going to be nationwide, um, and then also I found out a few days ago they banned face filters on some apps due to recognition laws here in Texas. So, uh, to quote the tweet I saw earlier, if you live in Texas, you're ugly and you're having that fucking baby. All right, stand by for the workout of the day. So obviously, as you can tell, I've stuck with that <laughs> terrible fucking song to launch into the uh, workout segments. And I don't care. Because uh, <laughs> who gives a fuck? Nobody's paying me for this show. Um, yeah, so today's workout uh, is one I did earlier this week. It's actually the core part of a workout. But, uh, you know, if you want to do other stuff after or before, that's totally fine. But I genuinely enjoyed it. It is a six-way barbell complex. So pretty much you're going to put, obviously... X amount of weight on a bar, but don't make it too heavy because uh, you're going to be using it in all different kinds of exercises. So six-way barbell complex starts with six deadlifts, then moves into six bent-over rows, into six hang cleans, into six front squats, into six push presses, into six back squats, and then into six push-ups. Oh my God, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Um... Obviously, what you want to do here is uh, you want to do all these exercises using the same weight on the same bar. And the trick to this is you don't take your hands off the bar the whole time. So you have this bar in your hand, and you're starting again with six deadlifts, moving into six bent-over rows, right into six hang cleans, into six front squats, into six push presses, into six back squats, and then ending with six push-ups on the bar. Uh, I genuinely enjoyed it. Obviously, it's complex movement. You get a lot of different stuff out of it. And there's it is challenging to keep your hands on the bar the whole time. So enjoy that.
Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, <laughs> again, I just, uh, sorry for the late upload. I totally forgot to fucking do this thing. I promise you all I do, so I'll be better. Always growing, always improving. Um, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, as always, stand by for more. <laughs>